to be very careful who you share your visions with. And now for It's Coming If You Do This. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today, actually, I am fresh back from spending a month in the Philippines. And while I was there, for three of the four Sundays that I was there, I attended a small church there. And my sermon today is not from the series that I have been preaching. It is actually from the last service in that Philippine church. When I heard the scripture, it hit my spirit And I heard the voice of God say, this is the sermon for today. Now, the scripture of that sermon, it's from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews has always been a funny book to me because it just sounds like his Old Testament. You know, something about Hebrews, it sounds like his Old Testament. And often I have to go and check it just to make sure. But it just, it feels like it ought to be an Old Testament book. But it's not. Hebrews is New Testament. Just look at the person and tell them, this is New Testament. So even though it feels like Old Testament, it's not Old Testament. This is New Testament. But when I heard that scripture, there was something about it that just really hit my spirit. And I knew, I knew this was one of the reasons why I was there. I knew that message was for me. Let me first of all give you a little background on me. Most of you already know this, but God has given me a lot of promise in every one of the major areas of life. A 116-year lifespan. And I'm going to be honest, I wonder about that because sometimes it don't feel like it. It just don't feel like you're going to make it. You know, you start getting older, stuff busts easy, you get soiled, you know, stuff. You, you know, you just ain't the man you used to be 20 years ago. And you're like, Lord, 49 more years. I just don't know about this. And then that's going to break all kind of world records. Just, Lord, I just don't know about this. So even though I've had this stuff from multiple different prophetic sources, I've had this from three independent prophetic sources about them. I had this super long lifespan. But sometimes, you know what Jesus kept saying to the disciples? Oh, ye of what? Little faith. So I understand it. And see Elijah in his last comments, he's talking about how open out. Yeah, because that's just the truth. I can relate to those disciples. And I know some of you all said, well, pastor, if I was there, I'd have had faith. Yes, I would have. I'd have stood by Jesus. I don't care whether them soldiers came up with swords. I'd have stood by my Lord and Savior. I wouldn't have been like them old sorry rascals. I wouldn't have fallen asleep in the garden of Gethsemane. I'd have been up with my Lord. You wait till you get there. And Jesus had to tell them over and over and over and over. Oh, ye of a little faith. Now understand now, these were the best of the best. They weren't ordinary because if you were still a part, remember Jesus had 70 disciples and 80% of his disciples had left him. So you had to be different just to be a disciple to start with, just to be able to face potential death and persecution and all of that. So he had 70 and out of the 70, only 12 were left, and he told those 12, you ain't got no faith. And I know some of them must have said, Lord, we've been you. But yeah, oh ye, have a little faith. You've seen all of this. You've seen the miracles. You've been here with me. Oh ye, have a little faith. So I got this promise of 116 year lifespan. I wonder about that, and my faith just isn't that strong. I got this promise of a billion dollar company. I wonder about that. 
And sometimes my faith just, just isn't that strong. I've got this promise of a 4,200-seat church. I wonder about that. And sometimes my faith just isn't that strong. I have big promises in two other personal areas. And I wonder about that. And sometimes my faith just isn't that strong. How many of you, with some of the stuff God has told you or placed in your heart, how many of you all wonder about that and your faith just isn't that strong? I just get weak. That's a lot. I just don't know about this. And see, Abraham was considered the father of faith. And his main promise was about all of his descendants would be like the stars in the sky. And he had no children. And he was 100 years old. And Abraham said, look, 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 look. I know what you said, but uh, I'm 100. And I don't feel the vitality that I felt. Sarah's still beautiful. But Lord, I ain't the same at 100. Stuff ain't like it was back in Twitter. I ain't the same. So, Lord, I wonder about that. Matter of fact, Abraham, even though he is the father of faith, Abraham had said, I got to get Eleazar my servant, and I'm going to have to give Eleazar all my stuff because I got no truth. Yeah, I know what God said, but I'm a hundred. And Sarah's womb dead. Sarah's womb is dead, and my stuff ain't feeling too lively. I remember my granddaddy, it was... My granddaddy, he was a funny fella at times. And I remember one day granddaddy was walking around and somebody said, Big Daddy, you need to zip up your pants because something may jump out of there. And Big Daddy said, ain't nothing going to jump out, something may fall out. <laughs> and this is the thing, sometimes when you are a certain age, stuff is just not the same. I understand Abraham at 100 years old. And he said, Lord, my faith just not that strong. I got to get my servant to give him all this stuff. My faith is not that strong. So I understand. And some of you where God has made promises to you, a prophetic utterance to you, and you say, Lord, I just don't know about this stuff. It's just, I'm of little faith. And I knew God had told me to be in that Filipino city. I know he had told me to be in that church, in that service. So when I heard the scripture for that last message, it really hit me. The scripture was Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. You've heard it before, but sometimes when you hear it afresh and you know you're there in an anointed place at an anointed time, it has a different impact. And for some of you today, when you hear this scripture, it may spark something within you, a little faith that may build, bolster your faith. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience. That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Let me read that in the NIV version. That was the King James Version. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So this was the verse that, that the preacher spoke. And this church was interesting because this wasn't the preacher who I spent all that time with. This was another preacher. And when I first talked with the pastor, he says, now, we are a very unusual church. You probably never heard of this before. He said, but we have three pastors in the same church. And God had told me, don't tell them you're a pastor. Don't tell them you're a minister. And I just sat there and said, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> He said, you probably never heard of this before, but we have three pastors in the same church. So this was the third pastor who was speaking on this day 
But when he spoke those words and when I read that scripture, it hit me so hard because my faith wavers, shakes much about the promises of God. But I want to speak from you today from the subject, it's coming if you do this. Because that's really what these two verses in the New Testament are about. It's coming if you do this, because these verses are conditional. They're not absolute. They are conditional. It's coming if you do this. And there are five things that's in these two verses. Number one, don't lose confidence. Confidence is simply another word for faith. Don't lose confidence. If God has spoken something in your life, Something that is to be just like when he spoke it to Abraham, even though the circumstances, it looks delayed. It looks almost impossible. You don't see how this can happen. If God has spoken it to you, don't lose your faith that God will keep his word. And this was the thing that hit me so hard. Don't lose your faith. God has spoken it. And he didn't spoken it multiple times. If it had just been me, maybe so. But it has come through multiple independent confirmations. So if God has spoken it, why ye of little faith? Why can't you hang on to it? Why can't you believe it? The minute the first pain hit, the minute the first weakness hit, the minute you see another wrinkle, then you begin to think, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. The other stuff he's prophesied in some other areas. I just don't know about this. I don't know about this. If you could see it and if you could do it, you might not need God. The reason you need God is because you can't see it because you can't do it. That's why it's more on that miraculous end. So if you do this, it's coming if you do this. Number one, don't lose confidence. Number two, you will be rewarded. Now, see, also in that next chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews eleven six, this is another one we've heard many times. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, without the confidence, it is impossible to please him. So here it gives you two criteria. You got to have faith and you got to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not just that he is a rewarder, but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You will be rewarded. Number one, don't lose confidence. Don't lose your faith. Number two, you will be rewarded. And that verse, Hebrews ten thirty-five. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Hang on to your faith. Don't be, oh, ye of little faith. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to your confidence. Turn to the person and tell them, hang on, hang on. Hang on to what he said. Hang on to your confidence. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to what he said. My daddy used to have a statement sometimes when stuff get tough. You're at the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hang on. Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Number three. You need to persevere. The King James says you have need of patience. The NIV says you need to persevere. You need to hang in there. See that perseverance, this is the part where most of us fall away because things just get tough. The promise has not manifested itself. The seed has not sprouted yet. We can't see anything but dirt. We don't see the fruit. We don't see the manifestation. And it's been so long. And that's sometimes what wears us down. It's been so long. When God gives us a word, tomorrow we're still strong. But 10 years later, that faith has gotten real shaky. 
And they were wondering, will this thing ever be? Abraham had been walking with God, had been seeing all this stuff. But Abraham had said, let me go talk to my servant about this. And he went and talked to Eliezer. He said, man, I'm going to have to give you all my stuff because I have no children. But what about the child God said, man, I'm a hundred. And Sarah and Nanny, both our stuff did. And you know what we can do with this? So I'm making plans right now to give you all my stuff because I got nobody. Our stuff dead. It's dead. And it's not that you can't understand how Abraham thought and felt. How in the world am I going to do this? He's the father of faith. The father of faith had little faith. And when it got down to the wire, when it went so long, when it was so far out of visual and logical thought, the father of faith lost his faith and went to his servant and said, I think I'm going to have to give you all my stuff. When his wife heard it, she just laughed. <laughs> ah, I'm going to have a child. I'm 90. She just laughed. Some people will laugh at your prophecy. They will laugh at what God has told you. When you try to tell them what God is going to do in your life, they will laugh at you. So that's why you need to be very careful who you share your visions with. Because some folk can't understand and they can't understand how God can take you through above into places that they can't even imagine. You need to persevere. Even the title of the message was called The Reward of Perseverance. Put the slide on the screen. I took a picture of it, and this is what was there. They spoke in another language, but the slides were in English. So that sermon title was The Reward of Perseverance. If you can hang in there, and the very definition of perseverance is to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty, or with little or no prospect of success. That's what Abraham was facing. He was just old, and his wife was old, and he didn't know anybody else had done that. Just like the 116. I don't know anybody else. Not only do I not know anybody else who's made it to 116, there are no men in history who made it. Ain't nobody on the earth now. There's nobody on the earth right now that old. So, Lord, you telling me I'm going to live longer than anybody alive on the earth right now? And it's like I remember Louis Grizzard. He was a humorist who used to write for the Constitution. And I remember he had a book entitled Elvis is Dead, and I don't feel so hot myself. <laughs> so, so I'm saying to myself, you're talking about this and that. I just don't know about this. I just ain't feeling the best. I ain't feeling like I used to feel. I just don't know about this. So here is the reality of what we face sometimes in light of God's miracles. Do we believe? Do we have the faith? Can we stand? Can we persevere? So persevere, the word itself, per means thoroughly, utterly, or very. So that means when you got to persevere, you're going to go through stuff that's thoroughly severe, utterly severe, and very severe. And you got to be able to hang in there and still have confidence, and still have faith, even when stuff gets rough. Number four, so that when you have done the will of God, Matthew 12, 46 says this, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside waiting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Jesus replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. 
The verse in Hebrew says, so that when you have done the will of God, you become a brother, a sister, or a mother of Jesus. Jesus says, my brothers, my sisters, mother, they are those who do the will of God. Hebrew says, you want to get your reward? Do the will of God. But you hang in there. But while you're hanging in there, keep doing the will of God. And that's why we sometimes we get what's called weary of well-doing. Lord, I'm just tired of being good. Well, and I see some of these evil folk prospering. I'm just tired of being good. I'm going to slip over to the other side. I'm tired of being good. Don't get weary of well-doing. And number five, you will receive what he has promised when you have done the will of God. So these five things, Hebrew 10, 35, and 36 says, don't lose your faith. You will be rewarded. You need to persevere and have patience. When you have done the will of God, and this is critical, it's not just when you have done it, you got to keep doing it. That's what the persevering is about. When you have done God's will, you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. When I got back from the Philippines and I was sitting outside waiting on Christian who came and picked me up, a policeman walked past me. And when the policeman walked past, I heard God speak. I saw something on him, and I said, excuse me. And I began to speak to him, and I told him what I saw, what I heard. And he said, that is exactly right. He said, uh, said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And after that happened, I heard God speak these words. You have stepped into a new flow. Where it goes from here and how fast it goes is up to you. If you maintain the momentum, you will fly. If you stagnate, you will sink. The choice is up to you. So many of us are like that. We have the ability to step into a new flow. And when I was on that trip, I got into really obedience. I was doing all of my stuff on a serious rest. When I got back, I was just in a different flow. And often when I hear God like that and I'm out somewhere, to be honest, I don't want to fool with this stuff. I don't like flagging folk down and telling them stuff. I mean, this is a policeman, and he could have locked me up. I just didn't know. I don't like fooling with stuff like that when I'm out. I just don't. But there's sometimes when you feel the flow of God and when you are obedient to what God has told you to do, he said, you're in a new flow. You've stepped into a new flow. And if you maintain the momentum, you're going to fly. But if you don't, you're going to sink. The choice is up to you. Now, I wrote this up, and actually God says, I want you to send this to three folk. I send it to three people. And after I'd sent it to three people, he said, those not the three. I said, why didn't you tell me who the three were to start with? He said, those not the three. I said, well, uh, who else? He said, send it to see Elijah. So I sent it to see Elijah. And I said, who else? He said, send it to George. I sent it to George. And he said, those three, and I sent it to Pastor James. I'd sent him on the first round. He said, those three are in flow. And George came to me later, and he said, Daddy, he said, that email that you sent about flow. And the other two who were on the list, he told me why they were not in flow and what they need to do about it to get in flow. So I'm going to talk to those two and let them know. And George said, he said, Daddy, uh," he said, the timing on that was kind of significant. He said, what was it about? I said, well, that's just what God said. I said, why is the timing significant? And George says, because, he said, I hadn't done anything different. But I had just made a decision to do something different. And see, sometimes that's all it takes. Once we make a decision and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get in. And I saw on Thursday, George was sitting right there in church. See, Elijah, did you notice that? George was here. George had been missing for a long time. 
See, one thing about it, when you get in flow and when you make a decision, it shows up on the outside. Because some of y'all, God done told folks, bitch, you ain't here. So God says, when he made that, and I didn't tell him to come. God says, when he made that decision, he was here on Thursday, and he's here this morning. Just making the decision changes things. And he'll send angels and get up, get up, get up. They done just made a decision. Get up and get around. They have just decided to get in obedience to what I've been telling them all this time. They have made a decision. And sometimes when you make the decision to do what God has told you to do, it changes stuff. And that's why he told me, if you maintain the momentum, you'll fly. If you don't, you'll sink. Just as he told me, so shall it be with you. The choice is up to you. God ain't going to make you do anything. My brother Dale always says, God is not going to make you do right, but he sure will make you wish he had done right. God is not going to make you do anything. So here, I'm in a new flow. I just got to maintain that momentum. I can't slide back and backslide and go back to where I was. And what I want to do today, I'm going to ask Pastor C. Elijah, Pastor James, and Reverend George to come stand with me. Because I want each of us to anoint you for a particular flow. Now, all of us are Christ-centered. Now, come on up on the pulpit. I know George is not, he's, in a, he's dressed, but it doesn't matter how he's dressed. All of us are Christ-centered. All of us struggle. George was struggling, but he said, I made a decision. And he made the decision, and the minute he made the decision, he became in flow. Stuff in the spirit started moving. But the minute he made the decision... You could see the change on the outside. He behaved differently. So each of us has certain criteria or qualities that we are perhaps strongest in. So I'm going to form four lines, and I don't want you to go to but one of us. I want you to decide. I'm going to give you the characteristics, at least that I think each one of us has. It's rather strong, starting with myself. What I have, number one, I've got external and full of joy. Now, what do you mean external? When I was in the Philippines and I would go walking, I would notice that police and guards, when I walked by, they would salute me. I'm like, what in the world are they both salute me for? <laughs> I couldn't understand. What in the world are they salute me for? And I mean, just everywhere I went, they would do I was, what, what, they, why did they salute me? Anyway, it was just odd. They were saluting me. I would have people drive by and drug. They holler out. I'm saying, what is this about? And I asked one, I said, look, I can't understand the guards and the police. Why are they saluting you? And he said, maybe because they think you are military. And they said, because you look strong. And they said that over and over. James can tell you, you look strong. And somebody said, you look strong. So when I walk, I, number one, wear cargo pants most of everywhere I go. I wear cargo pants and I wear form-fitting shirts. So they can see I'm in externally pretty good shape now. External good shape don't mean you're in internal good shape. You can look awesome externally, be just toe up on the inside. So you just you can't tell that. So that's why I say externally, people are amazed just looking at me. They can't believe how when I walked to El Camino, there were people who were talking about me before I got there. And they said, there's this man on the trail who's 65 years old, and he looked like he's 30. And they, they knew they were talking about me before I got there, days ahead. So what I do have is external. And I know, Pastor, well, that ain't what, yes, it is. Yes, it is, because some folk care more about how they look than how they feel. 
They care more about the outside. They really, really do. So what I do have is an external presence. I got this sharp car. I got one of the sharpest cars on the face of the planet. You ain't even seen a car like that. It's the only one like that on the planet. Now, just because you got a sharp car, that don't mean nothing. But some folks, they want that sharp car. They don't give a hoop. Sometimes you can't put the gas. Well, it don't take gas. It burns electricity. But some folks can't put the gas in the car. They just got a sharp car, came before the gas for the car. But it's sharp. It's external. So what I do have, I have extra, I got a mansion of a house. Now that don't mean you don't know what's going on in that house, but I got a mansion of a house. So I do have external. That's what a wig is about. See, a wig ain't got nothing to do with under. A wig is external. Makeup is external. Fingernails, all that external. Eyelashes, that's external. So external is important to folk. So I do have an impacting external and I'm full of joy. I smile and folk can just say, man, you, you just, I'm just happy when the prophet came here and touched me. He said, man, I have never touched anybody with as much joy as you got. So I got external and I'm full of joy. So if you need the external flow and be full of joy, then you come to me. I'm going to lay hands on you. Now, the other two with Pastor C. Elijah. Pastor C. Elijah has health. Now, he is the most cardio-conditioned one of the brothers. I've gone on trips with C. Elijah, and I remember we were up in Colorado, and I thought I was in better shape than C. Elijah. I thought I was in way better shape than C. Elijah. And we took a bike ride. It's just C. Elijah and I, because James didn't go. Pastor James didn't go on this trip. Stephanie was about to deliver, and he couldn't go. So it was just Pastor C. Elijah. The other two brothers, they didn't even try to go. So we were going up a mountain. So I'd been riding up this mountain about 30 minutes. And I mean, this thing was steep, but my legs were in good shape. I said, and I hadn't even looked behind, because I said, I ain't even sure see Elijah even back there anymore. So I looked behind me after I'd been about 30 minutes going and see Elijah was right on my back tie. I said, whoa, we wrestling in pretty good shape. When we went to China, we climbed the Great Wall of China. And that Great Wall of China is no joke. It's no joke. We went up the highest part and that thing looked like it had 10,000 steps going up that Great Wall of China. And when we went up the Great Wall of China... See Elijah, again, it was nobody but see Elijah and myself. So see Elijah led the way all of the way. Now, when he got to the top, I wasn't but like from here to there behind him, but he led the way. And as a matter of fact, there was one man coming down and asked, uh, he had lost his wife and he couldn't find his wife. And he asked see Elijah, had he seen his wife? And, you know, when he was coming up and see Elijah said, well, I don't know because I'm moving so fast. Everything is a blur. <laughs> See, Elijah plays basketball with the young people, but he beats them because he plays the 100, which means they got to play the 100 points. And all of the other young folk, they start giving out round 70. And see, Elijah's still able to keep going. They get round 70. <sighs> they give out. So see, Elijah has the best cardio condition of any of them. So if you need health, then you need to get in see Elijah. He has cardio condition, and see Elijah is stress-free. If you're ever around see Elijah, don't nothing bother see Elijah. Nothing bothers see. He ain't going to hurry. He won't rush. I remember we were going to a training seminar once, and we were running kind of late. I said, see Elijah, we've been running a little late here. I looked, and, you know, just going on the expressway because it was in, I think, Macon or Warner Robinson, speed limit 70. I said, we run a little late, and I was trying to, you know, imply that you need to step on it. So I looked over to see how fast C. Elijah was going 62. So, so you just won't rush C. Elijah. He's just stress-free. So if you need health and stress-free, that's the flow. 
that see Elijah is in? Pastor James. Pastor James is the best daddy that I know. He's focused on family, and he spends more time, more energy, more research, and that's his goal, and you can see the results with it. So if you need family, you need to be in Pastor James' land. And Pastor James has the ability of finding what I call best path. If you need some research of how to do something, what's the best? He has the ability of finding best paths. If you need a course in life, if you need that family anointing for your family, you need to be in Pastor James' land. George, Reverend George. Reverend George has a gift in what I would call career and understanding. Now, by career, George is still a student, but that's his career right now. So he has academic excellence. Out of those 450 students, he was the only one who had a high school degree and an AA degree. And then he had almost a perfect GPA. So that's his career. And he has this level of understanding that is just deep. It just is. He understands stuff on a level that makes my head spin. So he has career and depth of wisdom and understanding. So that's the four, and that's, that's kind of the four areas that each one of us flows strongest in. We've got commonalities in all of those areas, but that's just what I can immediately see is how and where we are strong. So for those of you right now, and at least God has said for us, for right now, because flow means it changes, because you can stop doing the will of God, and all of a sudden you're out of flow. So for right now, I think we all still in it. So what I want to ask, if any of you right now just need an anointing for any of the four areas that each one of us is strongest in, and only come to one. We're going to stand right down here in front. Come on down. We'll pray over you. And now understand that those verses all involve doing the will of God. It ain't just a tap and something going to magically happen. No, no, it's doing. So you have to make the decision. You have to make the decision. If I'm going to flow, then I need doing. If I'm going to flow, I need doing. So these are the lines. These are the areas. So wherever you need or whatever you need, Christian, I want you to sing as we pray. Amen. 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 Let me just pray before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have done. And Father, we pray that for today that this anointing upon the people shall bless their lives. It will open up vision and knowledge. But most importantly, the discipline to follow the decision that they decide. And when they decide, they'll cut off some things and go down the path to life, life everlasting. So Father, we just right now, we pray that this anointing shall hold and take them to entirely new level as they flow. Thy son Jesus' name, let us begin. Amen, amen.
Amen, amen, and, and amen. Well, uh, George, you want to dismiss us with a word of prayer? Bow your heads. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that even though things seem unclear, that you still be here. As many times, faith is kind of similar to a tree. When you look upon a tree, a tree could be many things, or become many things, rather. A tree could become paper, it could become a table. The very ark that I stand in right now, it came from a tree. And yet, Lord, when we look upon a tree, we can't really see that end result with much certainty, at least. Sometimes we don't even have a tree to look at. It's nothing but a sapling. It could be an oak sapling, which takes even longer to grow, but when it does, it's bigger and it's stronger. And Lord, it requires patience, it requires faith, and sometimes we're old and our tree is still growing. Sometimes we're 50 and we don't have it all together. We're just wondering, when is my tree going to grow? And that's just the beginning, too. There's no paper yet, there's, there's no table yet, there's no art yet. I have to wait for the growth before I can begin the processing. And yet, Lord, even though our faith may not be great, it doesn't need to be. It's not a matter of having an insane amount of faith. It's a matter of having a little bit of faith in a God who can do everything. I don't know if this is going to happen, but... I'll trust you anyway. It's a matter of I can't see the paper in the end, but I'll water the sapling today. It's a matter of I don't know about that ark, but at the very least, I'll start sharpening my axe. And as we go day by day, little step or crawl, we get closer and we get closer until before you know it, it's done. And it's not us, it's God. And the little, little bit of trust that we placed upon him. And he delivered as he does. For when you follow his will and abide in it for the seasons, not just the season, for the seasons, he delivers you through until the end. So I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice may have patience and endurance, may have perseverance that even if they don't have a fully grown tree now, that they shall continue to trust you. That even if they have a tree and they don't know what to do with it now, that they shall pray for the vision. And I pray, Lord God, that if they see the end process, they just don't know if they want that result, that they'll lean upon you that you know what is best. That they'll lean upon you that even if their flesh desires for something different, that their spirit shall overcome it. Lord, every day may we serve you. And every day may we glorify you as you have loved us first and more than we could ever ask, think, and especially deserve. So thank you, Lord, for this day as it means you're not done with us yet. And if there is a tomorrow, then there is hope for today. So may we continue watering and continue refining until the process is finished. In the name of Jesus, and by the Spirit of truth we pray. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, It's Coming If You Do This, by Nathaniel Bronner. 
This message is number 2000. That's 2000. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 2000 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.